Welcome to Gold Coast Insider, where we bring you business insights, stories, opportunities, and forecasts from movers and shakers across the Gold Coast. I'm your host, Estelle Rodigiro. I'm CEO of Regional Development Australia Gold Coast. It's my pleasure today to introduce to you Chris Dirksema. Chris leads the Gold Coast Waterways Authority through place-based planning, delivery and management of marine and land-based infrastructure that improves access, connections and destinations for the Gold Coast Waterways users and the community. Now, prior to joining Gold Coast Waterways Authority, Chris was the Sustainability Director at the City of Sydney, where he led the team to become the first carbon-neutral certified government organisation in Australia. He implemented decentralised energy and water grids, embedded climate resistance into an $8 billion asset portfolio and established globally leading industry partnerships. Chris has an environment engineering degree, an executive MBA, and is the recipient of the Vincent Fairfax Leadership and Ethics Award. Oh, welcome, Chris. Thank you, Estella. Right. Well, I'm going to start because, Chris, I think you're a Queenslander from way back. I think we've drawn you back into Queensland. Is that right? Absolutely. Look, um, actually, originally I was born in Perth, and that's probably where I, I, I established my um, love of the beaches. You know, we used to go to the beach before and after school and those types of things. But, look, I went to high school and university, those really developmental years in Brisbane, and so I absolutely feel like um, South East Queensland is home. Well, I'm glad you're back. Um. I, I want to delve a little bit into, first and foremost, which I think is amazing that you were Sustainability Director and becoming the first certified carbon local government in Australia and you achieved 100% renewable energy. What, could you talk me a little bit through that? That, that is amazing. And given that it's really topical now and we're coming into the Olympics and the Olympics is going to be the first carbon neutral Olympics there are, so it's becoming such a pertinent issue in this this time. Um, can you talk me through how that eventuated? How did you do all that? Like, that's amazing. That's a- mm-hmm. Look, I think, um, you know, way back when I did an environmental engineering degree and so that was really uh, a foundational uh, piece of work to sort of um, understand how to make businesses and organisations more efficient and effective, not wasting uh, materials, not wasting time, not wasting effort and therefore producing more product and having it hopefully having a lower impact on the environment. And really that's been a a common thread through my career. Um, When I uh, left Australia and I went travelling for a while when I was younger, then I I ended up in London and I worked for a consultancy there. And I ended up working for a large property company and really sustainability was becoming uh, an early stage issue uh, when I was working there. And so I gained a lot of experience about how to integrate um, environmental and sustainability principles into large property companies. And that really allowed me that when I came back to Australia to sort of be a little bit ahead of the game. And so mm. I became the founding technical manager for the Green Building Council of Australia. And that, um, that's gone from strength to strength as an organisation, developing Green Star tools and really helping to drive the sustainability um, industry forward. Now, the science has been around for many, many years and and like, like big, like many changes, um, you know, change takes a long time to happen, but then it happens very quickly. And I think we're in that stage where it feels like it's happening very quickly, mm-hmm. but actually it's been there for a long time. And so, um, you know, we follow the science. Um, I wanted to create change in the world and, and the opportunity at the City of Sydney came up and I was very 
fortunate to, to, to be you know, uh, appointed as the um, environmental officer there to start with. And uh, through the great leadership of the Lord Mayor there and also the CEO was really given the opportunity to create a plan of how we were going to achieve what we felt was the, you know, the, the, the real um, community imperative to, to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and min- mitigate um, against climate change. That's, that's that's amazing because as I said it's it's really topical now and I guess it's something that you're bringing into into your um, position with the Gold Coast Waterways Authority which I'd like to go into a little bit later further down but to get an understanding of the Gold Coast Waterways Authority um, it was first established on the 1st of December in 2012 to deliver the best possible management for the Gold Coast Waterways at a reasonable cost to government and community. Um, now that that's our waterways has expanded so much in since 2012 do you want to talk us through what exactly what do you cover at the um at the authority look i think um you know you, you touched on a few points there but really the way i think about it is that we are the stewards of the stewards of the uh, waterways on behalf of the community and the and the, and the environment okay. and so in that role we really have to um, understand the impacts both um, uh, and the opportunities so so you know it's a great recreation space everyone loves to get out in the water we, you know people love to go for swimming fishing sailing out in a boat and so we need to make sure that opportunity is, is is there for people and really our role is to try and create that in a safe way so you mentioned before access connection and destinations mm-hmm. as the three themes so, you know, we maintain all the boat ramps and the jetties and pontoons and build those and upgrade those. How hey? many do we have, Chris? Oh, look, I think they're oh, – now, that's a <laughs> – God, you've got me on the uh, – uh, yeah, what's, what's our unemployed un- yeah, unemployment yeah. number? <laughs> yeah, 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 got it, got look, it. We, we have a really strong network of uh, boat ramps and jetties that really allow great access to the waterways, mm. and and we have to maintain those, you know, uh, uh, we've got one of the highest um, boat ownership uh, percentages around Australia in southeast Queensland here, and so people love wow. to get out in the water. We've also got the largest jet ski uh, uh, retail um, shop in the world here in um, in the Gold Coast as well. So Hi. people people really love this. And look, a survey that GCWA undertook a couple of years ago um, showed that 81% of respondents uh, said that the reason they moved to the Gold Coast is because of the waterways and the beaches. And so it's a really important part of the identity of the Gold Coast. And so, you know, we really need to take care of that and make mm-hmm. sure that um, we don't love it to death. That's the other thing as well. Mm-hmm. People love it. And so, you know, our job is to maintain all the navigation networks. So we do that through dredging as well. So we have, we do the dredging around um, to keep those um at, at a reasonable depth, we maintain all the navigation markers to keep it safe. We set speed limits. We determine uh, on behalf of the community where um, boy moorings and those types of areas should be in the network. But then we also maintain and manage the sand bypass system. So that allows the sand to continue up the coast and not to block the seaway wow. and make the seaway shallow. So we, we we manage that system as well, and that keeps that safe and navigable for all those all those, um, you know, recreational and uh, commercial uh, boat users that want to go out into the ocean. But I think, so, do you guys also look after the lakes and dams or is that another authority? Is that look, part of your... Lakes and, lakes and dams tend to be uh, City of Gold Coast. Okay. Uh, 
uh, so yeah, that. But we work together, and you know, we need an integrated approach to make it make it work. And especially on the issues like uh, water quality and the like, mm-hmm. the way that we maintain water quality in the in the in the Gold Coast waterways is through all the actions that are happen, you know, on land, and that's the City of Gold Coast responsibility. Uh, but the other thing we do also, um, you know, we do quick uh, response, the pollution response. So you know, older vessels that may sink or or um, you know, uh, maybe in an accident, there's sometimes fuel leakages and those types of things. And so we we take out um, those absorbent booms and those types of things, and we contain uh, any of those spills. So we're the first responder for that type of activity as well. Is that Chris, I want to do. Hey, how do you do that? Like, is there is that a whole new process now around doing that? And is it a fast, quick, res- quick um, result? Yeah, look, we um, we usually get a notification from the community in some way, like a like a phone call or a, or something like that, and uh, we quickly go out there. We take um, they're like uh, little absorbent uh, sausages in a way, and they go on top of the water. So we take them out in a boat, mm. and we in inca- you know we make a ring around the boat, and because the diesel floats on top of the water, it comes up, and then it's captured by these absorbent um, sort of sausages, and so we then. Um, try and find the root cause and try and stop that spill, of course. And then we work with uh, Maritime Safety Queensland to sort of um, investigate and uh, and um, find out the cause of the issue, contain the issue, and then work out what to do in terms of, um, you know, mitigating that. So, yeah. It must be quite a challenging um, role given the growth in the boating and leisure boating particularly on the Gold Coast. And I only need to look out to see that we've got a lot more houseboats or people living on boats. Then uh, is that just me seeing them or is that is that actually happening? Look, there's two things happening there. Probably a couple of the biggest challenges for the Gold Coast waterways are, are the increasing population. And, you know, we've got rapid yeah. population growth here in southeast Queensland. Um, secondly, we've got with that also rapid tourism growth as well and so more visitors to the Gold Coast and then thirdly um, the, the the sort of underlying issue of climate change as well and its impacts on um, storm frequency sea level rise and those oh, types of, of things yeah. so they're probably the three sort of big drivers underneath and so t- just with population and tourism that that means that you know we're going to have more people out in the waterways and during those beautiful sunny summer days when people want to get out there that can cause congestion on the waterways and therefore um, um, safety concerns. And so part of our role is to set, you know, appropriate speed limits to make sure that the, the, the channel network is navigable, that people have places to go, um, and we enhance destinations as well. And so there's a range of places that people can go and use. Um, but that's really going to be uh, the issue going forward is how do we manage that with those increasing numbers? And so... One thing that we're doing at the moment is actually looking to develop a place strategy for the waterways. And so that will be a conversation with the community, uh, with businesses as well, and with other government agencies, really just to develop a plan for the future. Um, I think, you know, I grew up in Southeast Queensland, so I know that I know that the great enjoyment of just being able to do everything everywhere kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. you get out in the boat, you go for an explore. But I mm-hmm. think as we get more and more population and more tourists, we have to be a little bit more sophisticated about where um, preferred activities are undertaken within the waterways. So let's make sure that we conserve these places where families can go and you know build sandcastles on the on the on the beach with their you know on the um, the water's edge with their kids, um, and maybe high energy activities of using jet skis and those types of things might be in slightly different areas as well. So that you know we keep separation between those type of things, keep it safe, 
And that also increases the amenity for people as well, really the enjoyment factor for people. You know, we also, um, uh, you know, I think they're, they're the main things from the people side. From, from the commercial side of things too, the waterways actually generate a huge amount of economic opportunity here in Southeast Queensland, so about $600 million worth in gross regional product. Uh, that's a that's a large number, but um, uh, you know, really, that's all the businesses, the fishing um, charters, the, uh, the the dive groups, the people take people that snorkeling, you know, the hoppo ferry service, all sorts of services that we add in the water, and also facilitating the Coomera uh, Marine Precinct as well. So an area where a lot of um, there's a lot of boat building activity and really that's become a world-renowned boat maintenance and, and building facility up there. So we have to help maintain that as well. And so we're starting out by doing an economic study. So understanding the Gold Coast Waterways economy, who's in it, um, how much do they generate, what are their issues, uh, how can we facilitate and help them grow into the future? That's one layer of our of our play strategy. The second layer will be looking at, and, and talking to the community about well, what do they want to do and be able to do into the future in, in the waterways? What do they love about the waterways? Mm-hmm. What do we need to conserve? What do we need to enhance? Those types of things. And then the third layer is looking at the um, the environment as well. So understanding the water quality issues, where the seagrasses are, what the natural processes are of the waterways. And when we have those three layers well documented and un- understood, we can really get uh, achieve one of our overall sort of objectives, which is that balance. We don't want to have um, uh, huge amounts of economic activity at the expense of the environment, but at the same time, we want to maximise the benefit for the community as well. So having those three layers allows us to understand the balancing act that needs to be had between those three mm. in a public space. This is a, you know, it's a public asset and it's a fantastic public asset. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, so that's the process we're embarking on at the moment is, is just about to uh, develop a, a summary of the, the Gold Coast Waterways economy and then we're going to be engaging with the community and then we're also going to be doing a, a State of the Waterways City type report as well. So is that the Marine Stadium recreational use trial that you're undertaking? Is that is that what you're speaking that, for? That's a really great example of a destination that we're looking to develop. So Okay. So... so uh, through consultation with the community, we heard that, you know, look, it's a really great anchorage area for, for boats. And and then because of that, historically, it has been kind of almost loved to death a little bit. And so other members of the community were really felt, you know, didn't feel like they could really use the space. And so you sort of had a, 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 a misalignment between the community's expectations and how the space was being used. And so when we built the new pontoon and jetty in the northern end of Marine Stadium, we had to create an exclusion zone for the construction to keep the area safe. We then used that opportunity to um, continue the exclusion zone so that we could create what we were calling a recreational opportunity zone. And that's really prioritised for people on, you know, stand-up paddle boards, people who want to go fishing or sailing and those types of things. And so that comes back to that word I said before about balance. It's a great space. And so how do we get the balance right between the needs of boat users, the general public and, and others? And so... We've had some really positive feedback about that exclusion zone that we've created. Um, it's really opened up the space for the general community. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think I think um, uh, indicators are that it will prob- probably stay in the long term. Yeah. And, like, it's not going to – it's only going to get busier. We're only going to get more tourism. We're only going to get more boats. You've only got to talk to all the ship, 
ship builders to know that. And of course, with the new jetty, uh, the new super mega, what is it? The the mega bird that um, Southport have got as well. That all brings increases, doesn't it? And I mean, that must put an impact on the dredging as well. For as as we keep growing down there with the super yachts and everything else, that just puts more pressure on on that that whole piece about access. Absolutely. So the super yacht bursts are really in, important um, project, and and that's at Southport Yacht Club and. We're seeing the redevelopment of many of the sites here at the southern end of the Broadwater going to include super yachts in their future development, you know, the Ritz-Carlton uh, and, and others. And so um, that's, a, that's a great boost for the Gold Coast, that, that super yacht focus. But we also need to balance that with other opportunities in the marine tourism sector. So there needs to be space on the waterways for those um, marine tourism operators, yeah. you know, the, the fishing operators, the jet boats, the... Um, you know, uh, other types of businesses that take people whale watching, that type of thing, they need a home as well. And so there's only a certain amount of space that's available on the waterways. And so that space needs to be appropriately proportioned for the different uses to get the best outcome for the Gold Coast. And then you mix into that, that whole environmental piece, don't you? Uh, absolutely. And so... It's like a layering. So how do you, you, you juggle it's all a it's all a juggle, isn't it, to try and get it all pieced together? It sure is. And and look, um, give you an example. When we do our dredging, we um have very very strict environmental controls around that. We we do seagrass monitoring before and after, um, oh. yeah, to, to make sure that we haven't uh, uh damaged any local fauna. And and look, in some cases where we do have to dredge and and take out a little bit of seagrass, we are obligated to offset that and um and uh, make sure that on balance uh, that uh, there is a better outcome from the Gold Coast waterways. And so, so you know, we take the environmental side very seriously. Mm. Um, and, you know, a lot of the businesses also require us to do that. Like that's part of their proposition to their customers that, you you know, you can mm. we can take you out and go and see a pristine environment with beautiful water quality. You can go snorkeling really clean clear waters you can see great fish and great structure and those types of things so it's actually part of the, the proposition here for the gold coast is it is it a, a challenge now to keep the the quality of the water or not you know is it is that a challenge look um it def, it definitely is and look during storm times i think that's that's mm. they're the biggest Sorry. impact times uh but you know we are lucky here at the gold coast that we don't have like some other cities a sort of a legacy heavy industry area which you know polluted the waterway so so we're starting from a good base and and also um there's a report card that's done by healthy land and water for various waterways throughout queensland and the gold coast always rates fairly strongly on that and so we need to make sure that we don't um you know work with or we need to work with the city of gold coast to make sure that there's not developments that may impact on that in the future so we need to conserve that and where we can enhance that and so when we go out and do the state of the environment reporting, I'm imagining that we might come up with actions that say, uh, look, uh, we could enhance fish numbers and, and populations in the local area. So we might start investing some of um, our money into uh, structures that promote um, fish habitats uh, to do projects with um, other organisations to increase seagrass numbers, those types of things as well. So, so you know, these things actually all work together to get that balance. Mm. 
And I think uh, we we were talking about the Olympics, which isn't really, it's coming up really fast and it's going to be the, you know, sort of carbon neutral. But when the Olympics happen here, it's going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to be impacted. Okay. So I think that um, there's going to be such an increase down here as far as, you know, our water, our boats, our shipping, our, you know, the tourist as well, isn't there? So there's there's a really big impact to make sure that we get it right and that we go into the Olympics being prepared for all that. Absolutely. And I think one of the ways we can do that is lead, you know, we've got to lead by example. And so as an organisation, we've committed to being carbon neutral by uh, 2025, hopefully. And so we've been doing the work to become more efficient, to electrify all of our equipment where we can, uh, to purchase renewable energy and uh, and then offset what we can't. Uh, and so when we go through that process, we'll be able to become carbon neutral by 20, by next, uh, well, we're hoping maybe by later this year or even next year. But um, I think, you know, you've got to, you've got to clean up your own backyard before you can really um, have that conversation with authority, with other, other organisations. So then we would then second, we would work with the waterways economy and all the businesses within that and develop a uh, potentially develop a program that can assist them to to achieve the same outcome, and that's really um, I'm trying to bring some of the experience I had at the City of Sydney in establishing things like the Better Buildings Partnership and also the Sustainable Destination Partnership, which was actually a accommodation and tourism program working with that industry, people like this uh, Sydney Opera House, the uh, Sydney Theatre Company, all the hotel chains in the city. We could do a similar thing here at the Gold Coast. And really, um, as a collective, I think there is a huge power and momentum that can be created to achieve these outcomes. And they're, and they're the kind of things the Olympics are fantastic for because they all give us a flag on the hill to kind of aim towards yeah. and uh, motivate the organisations to work together. And, and I suppose what we found in Sydney is that while you might have individual actions by these organisations, when you bring that together as a collective, the 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 um, promotional and marketing opportunities as a, as a group are massive. And so on balance, it really is worth the effort by these organisations to take those steps, steps that they probably will have to take anyway. You know, legislation is coming. Yes. Whether they have to do it, you know, it's not it's not an if, it's a, it's a when. So if you get out on the front foot and you work with others, this can be really a, a really strong feather in the cap of the Gold Coast in the lead-up to the Olympics. So what do you see, and I think we've probably spoken to most of them, but to ca- encapsulate, what do you see as the challenges moving forward on the Gold Coast for the for the for our waterways, I guess? Or... Look, I think, um, as I said before, the population and tourism increases yeah. and therefore creating congestion on the waterways. And then secondly, making sure that we can um, maximise the economic opportunities for businesses here at the Gold Coast at the same time. Mm. Um and, and and so that that getting that balance right is really the challenge, yeah. and that will be different in different parts of the waterway. So when we talk waterways, we're not just talking yeah. about the broad water. We're also talking about Talabudra Creek and Corumban Creek, and then up and then all the way north to the Logan River as well. So these are all different waterways. They have different local characteristics, and so they also have different opportunities. And so our place strategy will will look at them as a full network at, in the oh. first stage. But then in the second stage, we'll go more local Excellent. and we'll say, what what what's the what's the personality of this particular place? And how do we how do we how do we make sure that what the community love about that place gets conserved and protected mm. and enhanced? But also where are the opportunities for growth or for you know um, uh, 
you know, greater public access. You know, this is another thing too, uh, providing access for all. So not just boat owners, but but all types of people and also including, you know, those um, in wheelchairs and those types of things. How do we provide access to the waterways and what are those opportunities? And, you know, there's some great um, business opportunities now, but we need to continue to, to move them forward. So, so one of them is like um, is the SAM bypass um, jetty that we have near the seaway that's actually wheelchair accessible. And so that gives an opportunity for people mm-hmm. to go out into the surf zone, above the surf zone, and really experience that. It's quite a unique opportunity for people mm-hmm. uh, who may be in wheelchairs. And so they're the kind of things that we need to, to really enhance um, going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. And so I was going to um, also ask you about the opportunities, which I think you, you touched on. Um, you know, if we, we're talking about we just live in the most fabulous place. The air show has to show us that. I mean, where else could we have an air show over, the, over our ocean, over our water, and have all the boats out there able to see it and everyone on the, on the beach able to see it? But our opportunities are, are there, aren't they? But it has to be managed in a sustainable manner. I mean, we, I, I have an expectation that if I go to, to the beach, I, I'm going to get these wonderful clean waters and I'm not going to be harassed by jet skis and, and I'm going to be able to park, go, go there, actually get access to it. So you're right, there, there's, it's so layered, isn't it? It's managing. Absolutely. And look, um, you know, it really takes a partnership approach. You know, we're, we're going to do our best to, to manage the water side, but we really need to work with the city of Gold Coast um, to 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 maximise that opportunity. The only way that you can utilise the water is getting there by land. And so, you know, it's really important that we work with them. And, and so, you know, parking and congestion is a big issue down here at the Gold Coast. And so, you know, maybe we need to look at a, a stronger sort of cycling and walking network uh, that connects the waterways into the suburbs. So we have these, these veins into the suburb, which allows people to get to the water easily um, it gives them certainty that they can get there um, and not have to worry about parking because they've travelled there on their on their conventional bike or on their electric bike or whatever that might be, and that they can go and enjoy the water. And 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 really, that gets to the essence of one of the reasons I took this job. I think, you know, we all inherently get that sense of calmness and and rejuvenation being close to the water. Um, I always think of that um, that sort of uh, reaction we have when you splash your face with cold water. That your heart rate actually reduces about ten beats um, per, per minute, and so it it's got this absolute calming effect at a mm. very, you know, at a very visceral level. But also just having those long distance views out over the water, smelling that sea air, um, you know, that 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 is really a, a very strong, you know, um, opportunity to improve people's mental health and keep people strong mm. here at the Gold Coast. It's what makes people. You know, happy at the end of the day, right? So, yeah. so that's 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 one of the the best parts of this job. That you know, if we do our job well, we're improving the lives of of, of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Gold Coasters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Chris. So, it's been really great speaking with you, and I certainly know a lot more about um, the role of the the Waterways Authority now after speaking with you. One question I'd like to ask now, you've came back after a 21-year hiatus away from our, our wonderful Queensland. What brought you back? What, what is it about the Gold Coast that you came back for other than the job, but what is it that keeps you here? Look, I've, um, uh, I've always enjoyed the Gold Coast. You know, even though I sort of lived in Brisbane, I was down here most weekends. 
um, enjoying the waterways um, and also enjoying the hinterland as well, going hiking, but mm-hmm. enjoying, you know, the Gold Coast. And so I have a real um, personal sort of love for the area and the opportunity to work for an organisation that helps to, you know, be the steward of, of that place was, a, was an amazing opportunity. I've got family here as well. So, so my mum still lives here at the Gold Coast mm-hmm. um, and uh, I've got other close family here as well and friends. And mm-hmm. so that was really, you know, it's a big decision to, to move from Sydney back up mm-hmm. here. And so there's always, there's always many factors to, to that, but really it's the place and the people. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. Thank you for taking the time. I can understand you're an incredibly busy person. And thank you for, for looking after our waterways. I'm looking out over it today and thinking, oh, it's just glorious, isn't it? Like, where would you want to live anywhere else in the world other than here? It's just fabulous. So thank yeah. you so much, Chris. And thank you, Estella. Um, you know, thanks for the opportunity to talk to you. And and I hope that, you know, listeners get a bit of a better view of the of the waterways and know that there's a there's a whole team of people who's really their day job is to make sure that we take care of the thing that we all love here at the Gold Coast, which is the waterways. And so, um, you know, if if there's any feedback or any any comments from people that they'd like to provide to us, yep. you know, that, uh, we have a website just like most organisations, gcwa.qld.gov.au, uh, and people can email us or there's a Facebook page or they can call us directly and we've got a very responsive team happy to take comments as well. Absolutely, Chris. And for the listeners, I'll be putting that at the bottom of um, all our social media on this on this um, podcast as well, so you can get in contact with Chris and his team. Look, thank you so much, Chris, for taking the time. Just keep just wonderful, wonderful to hear that whole sustainability piece coming into it as well. So good on you. Thank you. Thanks, Estella. Bye. Thanks for listening today. For a complete list of podcast episodes and transcripts, go to rdagoldcoast.org.au slash podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter.